You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. God bless you. I love everybody here. Thank you for being here. God's good. Amen. Wow, this is an amazing crowd. You, you came back. Amen. That's a surprise. And I'm so, usually I preach at camp or conferences, and the kids are all locked in. They, they can't leave the next day. So I thank you so much for coming back. I love all of you. I love this church. Amen. And God is good all the time. And I'm so thankful I could be here in the house of the Lord. Mrs. King, you're here. Last night I was calling out the kings and uh, the queens. I was calling out everybody. And you're here. I'm so happy to see you. God bless you. I told my wife about you. I said, you got to meet this lady. She's fired up and crazy and wired. And now you get to meet another lady that's wired and fired. And she's crazy over here. And... uh, My wife writes all my sermons, so praise the Lord, and thank God, amen. I'm so happy you're here tonight. What a blessing. God is good, isn't he, everybody? And uh, you know, last night I preached for, I think it was about two and a half hours, so tonight I did not know there was a clock on the wall last night. I see a clock. They just installed that today for me, and so I will be obedient. Well, I promise you we'll get out tonight. I promise you we'll get out, amen? And so I'm going to keep my eye on that clock, but we'll be all right. This is a great church, isn't it? Amen. Aren't you glad you belong to the Victory Baptist Church? Amen. God is good. I, I love this crowd. I love your spirit. I love the way you sing. I love the, I love the song director. And man, he's doing a great job here. And Miss, Mrs. Uh, uh, Fanera over here is, is, uh, is having a time on that piano. Amen. Isn't that good? And uh, you ought to thank God for a good-spirited church. Amen. And they always say that a good-spirited church comes from the pastor that you have. And I tell you what, you got a good pastor right here. And uh, Brother Colburnett is very, very smart. How many knew that? How many knew? Man, almost, almost everybody's hanging on. You have some dollars in the crowd. But Brother, Brother Colburnett is very, very intelligent. When he was in our school, of course, always the top of the class. I don't think he ever had a B in his class ever. And he was always the top of his class. Very, very intelligent. Uh, I'm the opposite. I'm the opposite of Brother Colburnett. I'm kind of like the ones where the teachers always had to work on. You know what I'm saying? One time I had a teacher say, I think you're the 49th dumbest person that I know. I said, well, I want to know who's the 4010th. She said it was me. I got two awards that day, man. But I sure love being here. I love this staff. I love this church. I thank you for coming back. Last night I had a time in the Lord and had some thoughts that I uh, really feel the Lord gave me. And uh, tonight I'm the same. I've been not battling over what I want to preach. I know what God wants me to preach, but just trying to coordinate it together for us tonight. If you have your Bible, go to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I want to preach on getting ready for the rapture. Getting ready for the rapture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and that's in the Old Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and I hope you find it quick. Some of you are still looking at the Old Testament. It's in the New. It's in the, 1 Thessalonians towards the end of the, end of the Bible. How many love Jesus? Can you say amen? amen? And I'm so happy to be in this place. I love the staff, uh, Brother Bobby and uh, Brother Schnur and Brother Johnson and all the families. It's just beautiful, isn't it, everybody? Mrs. Coburnett, uh, 
I just love the Colburnats. Mrs. Colburnat, of course, her family's influenced mine, and, and she says that we've influenced hers, but we used to always go down to Geneseo a couple times a year, and then for camp, we'd always be with the Colburnats. And every time we would go down there, we'd usually once or twice a year, we'd take a Wednesday night off, and we would always make a beeline for Brother Colburnat's church, and we would go to uh, stay the night in Geneseo on a Wednesday, and then we'd get up and we would go to Happy Joe's on Thursday. Happy Joe's. Anybody ever heard of Happy Joe's? Now, it sounds like a saloon, but I don't think it was. <laughs> Happy Joe's. And, uh, you know, they have, those, they have those games there where you can put money in and you have the claw that comes down. And Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody been to Vegas? You know what I'm talking <laughs> it's, re- it's a real gamble, I can tell you that. But I know we would always go down there, and, and our son was growing up, and, you know, we would just put, we were trying to get that one item that he, he wanted that basketball, you know what I'm saying? And every week, put a quarter, a quarter. And after $100 spitting into that machine, we got this little thing that looked like it was from Mars. You know what I'm saying? But I love the Colburnats. I love being here with them. I love the staff, of course. I preach to the, these young men, Brother Bobby, Brother Johnson, Brother Chenure, and the, some of the ladies here when they were just youngsters coming up. And Brother Colburnat, of course, preached to him when he was a youngster and his family. And I just love it all. But I am kind of nervous about being here tonight, to be honest with you. My wife and I were trying to look for a, a goodwill or a, or a uh, what's the other thing? A Salvation Army. Has anybody ever heard of those? Goodwill, Salvation Army. How many have ever heard of those? Oh, I say, wow. But you don't have one in this town. I think I'm going to open one. Amen? And, uh, but my wife loves to shop at Goodwill, Salvation Army. And uh, that's where she buys my clothes, and they're all right. But she loves shopping there, so we were looking for one. So I called up Brother Bybee and, and texted him, and it just takes him so long to get back with me. And I'm thinking, man, he's kind of like my staff at home. It just takes forever to get back. <laughs> and so my wife and I are driving. Listen, I'm telling you all the truth here, okay? Nothing but, nothing but the truth. So we're driving down the road. And I look at, there's like, there's like six or seven police cars and a big paddy wagon, and they're pulling to this gas station. And I thought, what in the world is going on? I said, sweetie, did you tell them I was here? <laughs> and so I, I'm, I'm driving, I look over there, and I see Brother Jake. Where's, is Brother Jake here? You were in part of that, weren't you? Here's big old Jake, and you had some poor guy handcuffed or something, and I, I'm thinking, Lord, they know I'm here. Help us, Lord. And so then I'm still trying to get information from Brother Bybee. You know what I'm talking about? Brother Mark. Amen. And uh, so finally he texts me back. I, I, I call him. And so he finally texts me back and he says something like this. Can't answer right now. I'm in the middle of an arrest. And so I said, Lord, finally. They got Brother Schnur and Brother Johnson finally after all this time. <laughs> and I'm telling you what, I knew these guys when they were young and they were pranksters. Anybody want some stories tonight? Anybody need stories tonight? All right, well, meet me after church and uh, I'll take some offerings for that. Amen. Your Bibles are open to the great book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
And I want to preach tonight on getting ready for the rapture. I, I won't be long tonight, but we'll have a big time anyhow. Amen. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come, no more clouds in the sky, and no more tears to dim the eye. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. What a day! Glorious day that will be. Sing the chorus, ready? What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and I look upon his face. Come on, the one who saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through, the promised land, what a day, a glorious day that will be. Anybody going there? Can you say amen? You know, uh, December 29th, my wife's mother passed away. She lived with us for five and a half years or so, and we were able to love her and take care of her. What a blessing that is. And you know, if you ever have the opportunity to take care of your parents, it is a blessing and an honor. Amen. The Bible says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is, for this is right. And then uh, the Schnurs and the, and the Bibles, they're taking notes here on this one tonight. <laughs> you notice who's here tonight, amen? Anybody building a new house around here, anybody? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to build one down here. Is that all right in this area? I'm going to come on down here and build me a house. I'll retire here now. It'll be about 30 years from now, but I'm going to retire down here. We'll have us a great time. But, you know, we were able to take care of my wife's mom. She passed away December 29th, uh, 2020. We took care of our, my dad, he lived next door to us for many years, and we helped and took care of him. I, when he got up in his years, I would put him to bed every night. We'd watch the Cubs and then go to bed. Sometimes, most of the time, he fell asleep watching the Cubs until they got into the World Series. We stayed up till 2 o'clock in the morning watching the Cubs, and they finally won it. Amen. And I think he still was sleeping anyways, but we had a good time. But my dad passed away in 2020, June 28th. My brother had a wife named Cindy. Last year at this time, I'm sorry, a year ago at this time, she uh, uh, contracted leukemia. And then January 4th of 2020, she passed away. We had a man at our church that was very close to me that was one of the deacons when I became the pastor of the church that really guided me and helped me and and prayed for me and loved me, and I really appreciate it. He passed away with COVID this year. And you know what? I'm longing for heaven. How about you, everybody? Every day, it's getting, we're getting closer every day, right? We're getting closer every day. And I'm looking forward to it. But you know what's really amazing is, is that Jesus Christ could come tonight. Let me try that one more time. Jesus Christ could come tonight. He could come tonight. And you know what's really amazing is, I've heard it my whole life. How about you? I've heard it my whole life preached since I was first carried to the nursery, sat in the auditorium. I heard it my whole life that Jesus Christ could come. And you know something, everybody? It looks like more in our lifetime that he's ready to come more now than he ever has before. And it looks ready. 
Getting ready for the rapture. Are you ready tonight? If Jesus were to come tonight, are we ready for the rapture? What I would like to see and what I believe is going to happen is I believe that we're ready for revival and revival, I believe, would be great to have a revival and then Jesus come back. Amen. Amen. I want to preach on getting ready for revival, getting ready for revival. I, I want to talk tonight about when Jesus Christ comes back. Would you stand with me? Getting ready for revival. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. And when you get there, say amen. amen. I've given you enough time, right? Verse number 13, the Bible says, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Thank God that's my dad. That's my mother-in-law. That's my sister-in-law. That's the members of our church that have gone on before and the members of your church that have gone on before, those that sleep in Jesus. Praise God, there's salvation that we get to go to heaven because we're saved, amen. amen. And then as the Bible says, we'll not prevent those which are asleep. Verse number 16, the Bible says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then verse number 18 really is where I want to focus on tonight. It's where my, my heart goes into the scripture. And I, I want to say, and I don't want to focus on COVID the whole time, but in these last 12 months, 12 months from right now, a lot of people have been discouraged. Am I right? A lot of people have been down and pressed down by some things and guidelines, and it seems like the suppression has come to us. And yet the Bible says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. I'm saying tonight, my dear friends, friends, thank God we can be comforted by the fact that we know that Jesus is coming back. Now, I would pray that everybody in this auditorium would be ready if Jesus Christ comes back. And I want to preach about that tonight, getting ready for the rapture. Jesus, I pray in your precious name that you would help us tonight. And Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would anoint me and put your power upon me. And Lord, you know I didn't come to be an entertainer and I didn't come to goof off. And, and Lord, sometimes people may think that about me, but Lord, you know why I came. I came, Lord, because uh, my dear friend, Brother Coburnett, invited me. And dear God, I love him. I love this church. I, I love the spirit of these dear people. I, I love the, the, I can just sense the sincerity. I can sense the fire. I can sense the hunger, dear God, that they have in their heart to be right with God, to be with the Lord. And Lord, I, you know I came here, dear God, because I want to be a blessing. I want to preach to these dear people what you put on my heart. And dear God, I pray, I know that the word of God has never returned void, never will, the Bible says. And yet, dear God, I want to be in the spirit tonight. I want to be full of the Holy Ghost and I need your power to talk to my dear friends that are here. Dear God, there's never been a time in my lifetime that it looks like it does right now that the rapture could happen at any moment. So Lord, I would pray that you would bless our time and as we get ready to leave this place, Lord, I would pray that the fire of God would fall upon us. We'd know the presence of God. And we'd have a passion for souls. And dear God, that we would want to be, uh, no matter what the persecution is, but the pressure when it comes, Lord, when we are under surrender. And Lord, I pray that your hand would be upon these people. Oh, dear God, many here tonight have a heartache. And many have a sorrow tonight in their own life. And yet the Bible says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. And so, Lord, I promise to give you praise and glory. Thank you for bringing me here. Thank you for my lovely wife. 
wife, dear God, that's here that loves me and prays for me. And Lord, I thank you for this church. And I pray, oh God, please, in the days ahead, would you start a fire? Lord, I pray that it would never go out. And Lord, I pray that we would know the anointing power of a holy God in this place. And dear God, maybe there's somebody here tonight that has, has been here for many years, or maybe some just for a couple or a few. But dear God, may tonight be the night, dear God, where somebody says, I'm never going to be the same again. I'm going to step up. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to be a blessing to somebody else. Lord, may this be that night. And I pray it all and give you praise and thanksgiving. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Please remain standing now for a oh, place be seated. All right. You already beat me to the punch. Amen. I don't know about you, my dear friends, but it looks like the rapture could happen about any time. Am I right about that? I don't know if you notice the news. I try not to watch too much news. How about you? I say sometimes I'm depressed enough. I don't need to watch the news. Amen. But I was listening to the news just a couple days ago, and I heard that China now is getting together with the World Health Organization, and maybe some of you saw this too, but China's getting together with the World Health Organization, and they are putting together, they want to pass something that would be global, and it's called the Global Passport Vaccine COVID-19. And what they want to do is they want to put together a passport if you've had COVID-19, if you've been vaccinated, or if you've not been vaccinated, and they want to give out a passport for those that can travel, only those that have been approved by the World Health Organization or the global government. Can I say, let me tell you, my dear friends, it looks like Jesus could come back at any moment. Right, let me tell you something I've never seen in my life like it is right now. I've never seen that before. You've never seen it before. But now for them to be talking about a world passport for you to go from one country to another, if you've been vaccinated or if you've had COVID-19 or if you've been tested, all because of their restrictions. Can I tell you something, my dear friends? That looks like a one world government. It looks like everything is coming to pass that the book of Revelation talks about. I want you to know that we ought to be getting ready for Jesus Christ to come back because he could come back tonight. I have a friend that works in a sand company and what they do is they make, you know what sand companies do, they make glass and they ship it out and they make fine things with, with this. It's a good company, they pay real well. And my friend came up to me the other day, I think it was on Saturday, and he said, Pastor Mark, he says, in my company, he said, they are telling us now, will you take the vaccine or will you not take the vaccine? And then they said, here's a survey, we want you to fill it out. And so he sent back, no, I will not take the vaccine. And then I have another friend that works there and he wrote back it's none of your business that's what he put on it he says none of your business and they said if you don't take the vaccine you will have to wear a different color helmet you'll have to wear a mask constantly and then you will have to wear some type of badge or some type of something that says that you did not get vaccinated and that you're a dangerous person can I tell you everybody these are weird days that we're living in these are days where I know that Jesus Christ could pop out of the sky at any moment Jesus could come Tonight, are you ready? Getting ready for the rapture. I know Jesus Christ could come back tonight. It's never been as close as it is. We've never been this way. We've never been this part. Uh, another person talked to me last week and said, Pastor Mark, he said, we also heard that right now there is a chip that is ready to transplant into your skin. It can be put on your wrist. It can be put underneath your wrist. And what it will contain is all of your information. And it will also contain, if you have had the vaccine, if you have been... Uh, you 
you've had COVID or not, and that is all going to be placed into that chip. It'll have all of your information about your birth. It'll have all your information about your job. It'll have all your information about your bank account. It'll have all of your information about where you go. Hey, you know what? I was getting ready to go to California not too long ago, and I was told that when I get there, that when I get to the hotel, that they're going to ask me where I've been. They're going to ask me if I've had COVID. They're going to ask me all these questions. And then I said, you know what? If that's the case, I won't be going to California, my dear friends. You know what? I'm just telling you, these are days. It looks like Jesus could come back at any moment. Am I right about that? Jesus could come back at any moment. Getting ready for the rapture. Number one, I want to tell you this. Revival. Revival. It's time to clean up. Revival. It's time to clean up. In the book of 1 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul writes to them. They thought that they had missed the rapture. And the Apostle Paul comes to them and he says that I want to tell you, you haven't missed the rapture. But just because you're thinking that way, I don't want you to live like the world that missed the rapture. He says, you didn't miss the rapture, but it's time to clean up. He comes to the information to them and he says, church, it's time to get a revival. It's time to clean up. Look at verse number one of chapter number four. The Bible says, furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how you ought to to walk and to please God so ye would abound more and more for we know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor not in the lust of concupiscence even as the Gentiles which know not God that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we have also forewarned you and testified for God God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given us unto his Holy Spirit. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you, for ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Hey, my dear friends, tonight it's time that we get to love one another, God's people again. I'm saying this great church, there ought to be love flowing throughout this place. There shouldn't be anybody in this house that has a, a spirit against one another another we ought to be living together in holiness and Paul comes to him and he says getting ready for the rapture it's time to clean up it's time to clean up hey my dear friends you know one of the things that I think and I'm going to preach on it tomorrow night but one of the things that I truly believe that America's in the shape she's in because America has turned her back on God I believe that the churches have shut their, their eyes to God I believe that churches have stopped bending their knee to God I believe that churches are doing their own thing having their own nightclub atmosphere and I believe that God's saying it's time to clean up my friends it's time to clean up these things right here has anybody ever seen one of these how many have ever seen one of these how many have one have you ever seen anybody not be doing this I mean it's amazing if you ever come across somebody and you know you know they're not doing this you know hey how you doing oh good good wonderful good to see you yeah Last night, I was preaching about chicken. I was preaching about pizza. Lo and behold, we got to the house. We had pizza and chicken. Brother Bobby's back here on a cell phone texting during the service. <laughs> but you know something, my dear friends? I believe this. The more technology that we have, yes, we're faster. Yes, we have much more communication. But the more technology we have, it seems like the worse our morals are in this country. 
I know more young people. I know more people that are messed up because they can't handle a cell phone, because they, they are tempted and they can't handle the temptation. But these things right here are putting people's lives on the line. They're destroying people. Let me say, my dear friends, today, God knows everything that we're doing on these cell phones. God's high tech, man. He was way before this thing ever came. And God would only, hey, God allows this to happen. It's because of the brains of God and who he is. We have all the technology. But let me tell you something. There are things going on in secret. There are lives being destroyed in secret. There are homes being broken up in secret because things on these phones that people cannot control. I say, my dear friends, we need to get ready for the rapture. It's time. Can I get an amen? It's time to clean up. Amen. I just heard a youth pastor tell me when he came to our church a few weeks ago. He said, I had a lady in my church come to me and she said, uh, such and such and such and such. I said, yeah, I've had that same conversation. <laughs> she, he said, I had this wavy lady come to me. She said, did you know that you have 10 seniors in your church? 10 seniors in high school. You have some juniors and some sophomores in your class. That what they're doing right now is they're taking their cell phones and they have a secret password that only that group can get in and only that 12 or 14 or 20 or whatever the number was, I think it was around 20 or 24. And she said they are taking those cell phones and they have a secret password, a secret code that only that group can get into. And she said it is filled with filth. It's filled with pornography. It's filled with dirty pictures. It's filled with smut. It's filled with trash. And I'm saying, my dear friends, today it's time that we clean up. Amen. I'm saying, my dear friends, if we can't handle this, why don't we get rid of it, amen? I'd rather get rid of the cell phone and stay in touch with Jesus. <laughs> hey, you know, does anybody ever remember the rotary phone? Do you remember when you could take a rotary phone, you pull it off the hook, and you could go throughout the whole house with a rotary phone as long as your cord was long enough? <laughs> Usually they were green or orange or yellow in color. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather go back to that and being right with God than I would with all the technology that we have. I'd rather have a young people that are pure and holy and want to serve God than to put a cell phone in their hands. Our young man is a great guy. I'm telling you, if you'd ever meet Elisha Spear, he's respectable. He's, well, he's a young man that if you knew him, you'd say, man, there's a fine young man like I did you last night. Come on, brother. I said, sorry, brother, about that. I knocked his Bible all over. That's worth 20 bucks, isn't it? Get it from your dad, okay? But our son is respectable because that lady there poured her life into him. Doesn't have anything to do with me, but I can tell you what, she is, she's responsible for that. I thank God for a good woman. Amen. Amen. Thank God for a good thing. Amen. Right. How are you, brother? Good. It's good to see you. you. Got any more gum? I'm really dry right now. No, I'm just kidding you. <laughs> our son's respectable. And my wife and I, we watched him while he was growing up. Respectable, respectable, respectable. And when he became... A, a junior, a lot of the kids had cell phones. And Brother Coburn had never one time did he say, hey, Mom and Dad, can I get a cell phone? He never asked us for a cell phone. Of course, he knew he wasn't going to get one, but, but we never, he never asked for it. He became a senior, never asked for a cell phone. He got into it just before he left for college. We went and got him a cell phone. Let me tell you, the first time that he's ever had a cell phone in his life, and I want to say, I told him, son, let me tell you something. I've seen a lot of lives destroyed by a cell phone. I've seen relationships break up because of a cell phone. I've seen young people playing weird and dirty and rotten things on a cell phone. I've seen the texts. I've seen the messages. I've listened. I've even talked to a pastor that was getting ready to lose his church because he was texting a, 
a lady in his church and because it was all through a cell phone. I'm saying, my dear friends, today it's time to clean up. Amen. It's time to clean up. How many believe the rapture could happen tonight? Can you say amen? But the apostle Paul comes and he says, it's time to clean up. Oh, my dear friends, tonight it's time to clean up revival. Time to clean up. Uh, this is the time to know Jesus like we've never known him. Amen. This is the time to love him like we've never loved him. Amen. This is the time to serve him like we've never served him. This is a time to love the word like we've never loved it. This is time to pray like we've never prayed. This is time for the fire to fall like we've never seen the fire fall. It's time to stir the embers of a cold heart. It's time to see the salvation of sinners. It's time to have a hunger for God and a love for the brethren. It's time to preach like we've never preached before. It's time to cry and weep for America like we never have before. But I'm saying to all my dear friends, good and bad, it's time to clean up. Revival, time to clean up. Hey, time to clean up. Lord, let us weep again. Let America weep. Sorrow and mourning bring joy to the soul. Tears of a broken heart will cleanse and make whole. Lord, let us weep again. Let America weep. Oh, my dear friends today, revival, it's time to clean up. Revival, time to clean up. Paul stresses to them that it'd be a good time to clean up. You know something? I'm glad I'm not a priest. I'm a preacher. Amen. I don't need to know anybody's sins in here. Amen. I don't want to know anybody's sins in here. Amen. I already know too much in my life. I don't want to know anymore. But I'm saying tonight, if there's somebody in this great place that needs to say, dear God, I'm not ready for the rapture. It's time to clean up. I'm saying, hey, this great church tonight, Victory Baptist Church, let's clean up before the rapture. What do you say? If we're going to have an old-fashioned revival, we got to get things cleaned up. You say, oh, nobody knows. He always knows, my friend. It's time to clean up. You say, nobody knows where I've been. Nobody knows what I've done. I'm just saying tonight, if we're ever going to have a revival, it's time to clean up. It's time to clean up. Number two, revival, time to clean up. Number two, the rapture, time to look up. Paul stresses, it's time for revival, time to clean up. Paul stresses to them, the rapture's about to take place. It's time to look up. Time to clean up, time to look up. Paul reminds them that they're not going through the tribulation period. That's good news, amen. And Paul tells them that they will not know the Antichrist. Can I tell you, my dear friends, today, how many think the Antichrist could very well be alive in our day? I believe it. The Antichrist, the false prophet, I believe they could be alive in our generation. I've never seen people connive like they are now these days. It's absolutely amazing what people are doing to this world that you and I lived in. And isn't it amazing, everybody, how it all changed overnight? It all changed overnight. We live in a whole different world than we did one year ago. We live in a whole different world. I'll tell you why. Because it's looking like Jesus is getting ready to split the sky. He's ready to come back. I'm saying, my dear friends, today, it's time to clean up. It's time to look up because he's coming soon. Amen. Anybody in here like basketball? Good, good. Four, four people. <laughs> Have you ever heard of March Madness? That's where the preacher gets up and preaches like a maniac during March. <laughs> that could be true, couldn't it? Anybody ever heard the name John Wooden? Coach John Wooden was one of the greatest basketball coaches in the history of life. Set all kinds of records. 
He demanded expertise from his players. He put inside of them a love for basketball, but he put inside of them a love for, a love for character and discipline. And when he put that in them, he was always making and building great teams. And they would come to him not having the, they'd have the talent, but they wouldn't have the character. And John Wooden would put that character and that discipline. You remember, you've known, heard of John Wooden. John Wooden, one of the greatest coaches of all time, set many records and always was at the top and always lead his team to the top. John Wooden had disciplined players. John Wooden one day told his players, he said, you all know what time we start practice, 3 o'clock. You need to be in there starting. Start with me, start without me, start, 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock shows up, the kids are there. College kids are shooting around. They know it's 3 o'clock. They say, where's John Wooden? And any good basketball coach knows you have a program set. When your kids get there, your players get there, they have a routine. So their routine maybe was shooting free throws, get 53 free throws in, do your stretches, do whatever it takes to get ready for practice. John Wooden said, it's 3 o'clock. I want you there. They showed up. Where's John Wooden? John Wooden wasn't there. They began to shoot, do their warm-ups, and all of a sudden, one guy went to half court and started doing a half court shot. Then another guy said, hey, man, watch this. He went to half court, and he did a half court hook shot. All of a sudden, they're throwing the ball behind their head, and they're doing, they're doing full court shots. Hey, let's see if we can make it all the way down the court and do a full court shot. And so this went on moment after moment, time after time after time. And they're just goofing around now. There's no discipline happening. And then all of a sudden, the one player looks up in the top of the bleachers in the top row. He said, hey. He nudges his buddy. He says, coach. It's coach. It's coach. All of a sudden, they run around to somebody else and say, hey, it's coach. It's coach, man. Coach is watching. Coach is watching. Coach is watching. Pretty soon, John Wooden walked down out of that, the, darkened, the darkened arena. He walks down out of the stands, and he walks onto the court. He said, fellas, he says, you have to be a team with me or without me. But you have to know I'm always watching you. You know something, my dear friends, today, you know who's always watching us? We got a coach that's watching us, Amen. Yeah. We got somebody that's watching every move we make. He knows if we're disciplined or not. He knows if we want to go to church or not. He knows if we want to love our neighbor or not. He knows if we want to tell somebody about Jesus or not. He knows how our cell phones are. He knows knows how our satellite dishes are. And you know something, everybody, I'm saying tonight that it's time to clean up. It's time to look up. Our coach is watching tonight. Amen. The coach is watching. Oh, I'll be gone. When this world begins to rock, infidels and skeptics mock. There's an awful time of anguish coming on. Oh, what groans and bitter pains when the Antichrist shall reign. When the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. I'll be gone. Yes, I'll be gone. When the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. Soon the trumpet loud will sound. With a shout, I'll leave the ground. When the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. When the earthquakes everywhere and the world is in despair, there are pestilences and famine all around. Isn't that amazing? Do you know who the number one farm owner is today? Anybody know? Bill Bill Gates owns the most farm land in the United States of America. There are pestilences and famine all around. Christ is coming soon to claim all who suffer for his name. When the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. Hey, then the Antichrist shall reign. All must have his mark or name. For without it, you can neither buy nor sell. Have you ever been told you can't come into a place unless you have a mask on? 
I'm telling you, something's happening. Marvelous wonders he will do. Call down fire from heaven too. It is either worship him or you must die. But I'll be gone. I'll be gone when the tribulation enters. I'll be gone. Soon the trumpet loud will sound. With a shout I'll leave the ground. When the tribulation enters, I'll be gone. Foolish virgins then will find they have here been left behind with their empty vessels and their lamps so dim. They awoke themselves to try for their lamps some oil to buy. But the bridegrooms come and and we have gone with him. But we'll be back. Yes, we'll be back when the tribulation's over. Hallelujah. We'll be back. We may just go any day, but we're coming back to stay when the tribulation's over. Praise God. We're coming back. Amen. Paul says it's time for revival. It's time to clean up. Paul says it's time, not just for revival, but it's time to clean up. It's time to look up. And then Paul says, number three, it's time to rejoice. It's time to cheer up. It's time to clean up. It's time to look up. And it's time to cheer up. You know something, everybody? Aren't you glad you're a Christian? Uh, let's try it one more time. I want everybody in this house, I want you to act like you're really, 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 really glad that you're saved. Anybody in this house glad you're a Christian? Could you say amen? Yeah. Have you ever been to a ball game in your lifetime? Let me see your hand. You've been to a ball game of some sort in your lifetime. You know what? When they go to a ball game, they're cheering people on. I've seen the most quiet people become a, just become the, the, like the only fan in the stand screaming their head off. But in churches... You know something, everybody? It's time to cheer up, hallelujah. You say, Pastor Mark, you don't know what I've been through. I know. I know everybody's been through something, haven't we, my friends? Uh, my wife and I, we've been through it. We had our, both of our parents went to heaven in 2020. Let me tell you something. I miss them, praise God, but one day he's coming back. We're going to be together again. We're going to have a time. It's time to cheer up, hallelujah. You know something, everybody, what this world needs to see, it needs to see somebody that the, that the devil can't get discouraged. It's time that somebody sees that we're not downhearted. It's time to see somebody dance on this platform. No, it's not time for that. It's time for the world to see somebody that's happy about Jesus. Amen. I'm saying, my dear friends, yes, we have heartache. Yes, we struggle. Yes, we get discouraged. Yes, we get down. And sometimes it's hard to go on. But the Apostle Paul said, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's time to cheer up, my dear friends. It's time to cheer up. You say, Pastor Mark, I had, hey, in the last year, how many being honest? Raise your hand. You say, there have been times when I didn't know what to expect during that day, and I had some fear in my life at least once this past year. Let me see your hand. All through the house. My wife knows a lot. She knows I'm here, but not all there. She lives with this. <laughs> Isn't that good? Can I get an amen to that? <laughs> she lives with this. And she knows. There were, there were nights, Brother Coburn, that I didn't sleep at all. I just cried out to God. And then there were other times when I said, sweetie, <laughs> they're coming for me. They're coming for me, baby. They're outside the window. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, they're, they're coming, man. Did you hear the news? She said, no, I ain't listening to no news. She said, I got my news right here, Amen. <laughs> 
I'm saying, my dear friends, today, we've all been through the same thing for this last year. We don't know what the future holds, but I'm glad who, we know who holds the future. Amen. I know that it looks like it's a struggle, but let me tell you something. Until he comes, I'm saying the Apostle Paul knew what it was to struggle. The Apostle Paul knew what it was to be beaten and stoned. One time they stoned him so bad they thought he was dead, and God picked him right back up. He got out and went back to preaching. Amen. I'm saying, my dear friends, today, yes, it's discouraging. Yes, there are downtimes. But I'm saying, praise God, we've got something to shout about, hallelujah. We've got something to thank God for. My dear friends, today, it's time in this house that somebody gets happy about being a born-again, Bible-believing Christian, amen. amen. Time to get happy. It's time to get happy. Paul says it's time to cheer up. Let me ask you, my dear friends, are you down tonight? Are you sad? Can I tell you? He's coming soon. There's no doubt. I'm going to leave this world with a shout. Sin will be gone. Things will be right. Keep looking up. He may come tonight. Amen. He may come tonight. It's my, my friends, tonight it's time to, it's time to clean up. It's time to look up. Can we get happy yet? It's time to look up. It's time to cheer up. The Bible says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? My dear friends, tonight, can we walk an old-fashioned aisle and say, dear God, I want to thank you for how good you've been to me. You know, Brother Coburnett, through this year, we didn't run the buses. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We didn't run our buses. You can't. There are some things they say you can't. So we've had our buses shut down for one year. Praise God, we're getting ready to kick them off. Amen. Amen. Getting ready to kick them off again. But we've had bus kids that have come to church and have gotten saved at church. Somebody else has gone by and picked them up and brought them to church, and they get saved in church. Amen. Bus routes have stopped. There was a point in time we didn't have choir. We didn't even have people singing in the choir, Brother Coburn. I, I think churches all over America that way. I'm thankful we're in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Treber, how many know who I'm talking about when I say Brother Treber? He's the pastor of the North Valley Baptist Church. They're still not inside their building. They're still having services out in the tent. Brother Coburnett was there when we were there for a pastor's conference. We were there, and while we were there, it hailed one morning while we were there. Yeah, I thought the tent was going to collapse. In California, it's supposed to be nice and perfect, 72-degree weather, and it's hailing. Let me tell you something. It was time to look up. Hallelujah. But you know something, everybody, all of us have gone through something so discouraging in this past year. But I'm saying if we know him, can you get the fire back in your bosom? If you know him, can you get the smile back? Let me tell you something, it doesn't matter what Satan does. He will never defeat the child of God. Hallelujah. Because let me tell you something, he's coming soon. Amen. He's coming soon. Will you be going? We live in a nuts old world, don't we? But through this past COVID, get this, is God good, yes or no? All the time? All the time. God's good. In COVID, just before COVID broke, 
our furnace went out in our auditorium in freezing weather. Our furnace went out in church. $50,000 to fix it with no church going on. How do you do that? And yet the funds kept coming. One man that I've never met, I've never met him, wrote a check for $26,000. Can I get an amen in the house? Lord, how are we going to pay for it? I'm going to pay for it in a way that you never dreamed of. That's how good God is, amen. He did something that I never dreamed of, and yet God came through, hallelujah. God will do that. And all across America, I've heard that happening, that churches are on fire, and this has been good for us to go through this time because people are hungry again. People want God again. They want to see God do the impossible. I've seen God do the impossible. Heartache, yes. Depression, yes. Discouragement, yes. But he's come through every time, hallelujah. Come through every time. I didn't come to entertain. You say, you kidding? <laughs> I didn't come to entertain or put on a show. But I came to say it's time to cheer up. It's time to cheer up. Pastor, I'm losing my job. I know. Pastor, it's tough. I know. But if you'll read this scripture right here and you know Jesus Christ, the Bible says comfort one another with these words. Comfort. 2020. Is it, are you still here? Everybody, everybody, everybody here say amen. amen. 2020 was the number one giving year in the history of Berean Baptist Church. Number one. Not just in the tithes, but in the offerings. Projects. Our missions was the best giving that we've ever had in the history of Berean Baptist Church. God's good. Time to cheer up. I was on my way down here yesterday with my, my beautiful. I used to always say she's my better half. She's the whole right there, let me tell you that much. And so I'm coming down with my wife. Brother Shinner's on, he's not mad at me, is he? I, I'm, are the, the police are looking for him again? I love you, brother. Please come back. I promise I'll only see three more illustrations about you, please. <laughs> if not, your parents are going to let me buy their house. <laughs> best year giving. It was the best year for us to see teenagers in our own church get saved. How do you replace that? Do you hate COVID? I hate it. I think man created it. I think the devil's used it. And God allowed it. That's what I believe. That's what I believe 100%. I was driving down here with my wife yesterday. I get a call, or the secretary, she texts me. Is that what it was? She texts me. She said, can you call me? I'm thinking, no. I'm on my way to North Carolina. I can't wait to get to North Carolina. Eyes closed all the way. I'm going to North Carolina. That's how I drive. I love that. Anybody like me? So far, so good. Amen. <laughs> Any truck drivers in here? Any truck drivers in here? God's still driving the truck. Amen. <laughs> I'm telling you what, I get some of my best sleep when I'm driving. How about you, brother? <laughs> Ditches. 
My wife's been there. She knows she slaps him upside the head. That's where all my hair went. <laughs> We're driving down here yesterday, and I'm almost done. Not, just give me two, two more hours, and we'll be out of here. <laughs> driving down here with my wife yesterday, the secretary texts me. She says, can you text me? I said, sure. As soon as Brother Snur comes back in, I'm going to have No, he ain't come back yet. So she, I said, oh, sure, I'll text you. I called her. She said, well, I want to tell you, I opened up the first offering envelope today. She said, I opened up the first offering envelope today. The first one. Are we on live? <laughs> no, I, they'll find out sooner or later. During a shutdown time, during when everybody's depressed, during the time when everybody's just struggling along, the first tithe envelope she opened yesterday, it was $21,000 check. You say, Pat, did you all, they heard that over here. Did you hear that? You all heard that? Man, you can't gossip in this church at all. This is a clean church for God, amen. Woo! And you know what I said? $21,000, the first offering envelope that was open, $21,000. I never expected it. And the person's not even a member of our church. I love members like that. Isn't that amazing? And God is so good to us, everybody. Listen, if, the, if, if we came to church tonight and you didn't get nothing, we all ought to hit the floor tonight on our knees and say, thank you, God. You've been so good to me. I've been blessed. Hallelujah. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. I've been blessed. Everybody in this house tonight, we have been blessed. Amen. We've been blessed. We've been blessed. God's good. I want you to notice something. I'll close this up. If you look in your Bible, the Bible says in Verse number 16, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together, <clears throat> shall be caught up, where am I at? Verse number uh, 16. Did I say 16? 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The words caught up means to claim for oneself. It means to move to a new place. It means to catch away speedily. Praise God. It means to rescue from danger. You know something, everybody? I'm telling you, I don't know how crazy this world's going to get. But praise God, he's going to rescue us from danger. Hallelujah. Hey, let me say something, everybody. We've all got something to be thankful for. Let's hit an old-fashioned altar tonight. Say, dear God, I've not been expressing it. I need to clean up. I need to cheer up. I need to look up. Oh, God, would you please help me? I read the story a couple of months ago. How many think people can be really cruel? That's what sin does. People can be really cruel. I read this story about a car that pulled into a cemetery. And out on one side, they kicked a little three-year-old boy out. And after the three-year-old boy 
They put the dog out with the three-year-old boy. These people in that vehicle dropped off a three-year-old boy to live and die in a cemetery in Ohio, three years of age. <laughs> they said an eyewitness saw it, and they watched that little boy run after that car, crying his eyes out, and that little dog was chasing that car. And the witnesses say that they picked up that little boy and they took him to the police station. Somehow, they figured out how to get a hold of the father. And lo and behold, the father came walking into that police station and rescued his little boy. The mother had dropped him off. Must have been a fight going on or some type of split marriage or something. I don't know. But that father walked into that police station and wrapped his arms around that little three-year-old boy and rescued him. That's what it's going to be like when Jesus comes back for us. Can you imagine what's racing through a three-year-old boy's mind? I'm in bad shape. <coughs> why, why did they leave me? And then to see his father come and rescue him. They said that the word got out, hit the internet. <coughs> and that hundreds of people responded <coughs> and brought that boy little gifts down to the police station. <coughs> I'm just thinking about it. Has it been rough? Have you ever had a rough time in your life? Have you ever had any hard circumstances in your lives? Have you? Have you ever had a tough time, anybody? Have you had a tough time, yes or no? Anybody here had a, ever had a tough time? Anybody here ever have a tough time? Anybody here have a tough time? He's coming back to rescue us out of here. Don't want to ask us tonight. Maybe there's somebody here tonight you need to say, man, I'm not ready if the rapture were to come. I got stuff on my phone. I got stuff on my TV. got stuff in my drawers. got stuff in my council. got movies I shouldn't be doing, conversations I shouldn't be having. I need to clean up. Maybe there's somebody here tonight that say, boy, I need to start looking up because he's coming soon. And then I wonder if all of us could say tonight, God's been good to me. It's time to cheer up. Amen. You know the happiest place in the world? You know where it ought to be? Does anybody know the happiest place in the world? You say at the hospital when somebody's having a new baby. Okay, I'll give you that one. At a wedding. Everybody's crying, but it's happy, amen? But the happiest place in the world ought to be. Thank God for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's a people that's been saved. We'll never go to hell, hallelujah. And we're looking for the Savior to come back and rescue us all out of here. And thank God if he said it in his word. Praise God, brother, it's going to happen, hallelujah. Amen, freshman, right in high school. Freshman? I don't know. Not real sure. You know what I'm saying? You know what? I've got so much in my heart to be thankful for. The truth is, church, I'm not Pentecostal. I know that kind of, you don't believe that. But I tell you what, I take some of that stuff over what we give them in the Baptist church. We ought to be happy. Happy, happy, happy. Want to see my t-shirt? Happy, happy, happy. That's what we ought to be.
this church tonight, can we start? From now on, when I walk in those doors, man, I'm glad to be with God's family. Sometimes we laugh together. Sometimes we cry. Sometimes we share together heartaches and sighs. Sometimes we dream together of how it will be when we all get to heaven. God's family. You know something? One of these days, I'm going to see Brother Joe Covernat again. Hallelujah. One of these days, I'm going to wrap my arms around my dad, and I'm going to say, thank you, Dad, for teaching me the Word of God. My mama died when I was 11 years of age. I watched her die for three years with cancer. But praise God, she's on the other side. It's going to be okay. Amen. Heavenly Father, I pray now that you'd help us as a church, Lord, to clean up. I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to look up. And I pray, oh God, that you would help us to cheer up. Oh, dear God, help us as believers. Lord, help us to, Lord, to get back in our workplace. Walmart and all these other places that we go, the restaurant. May people see a happy people that's heaven bound. Lord, when we come into church, dear God, I pray that we'd be a happy people. We're with God's family practicing for what it's going to be like when we get to the other side. Dear God, I pray that you'd bless now in this invitation call. Getting ready. For the rapture in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.